You're listening to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Domaney along with Colin Ward. Another weekend in the books around the Ontario Hockey League. And, well, we have a new Western Conference leader. Not to say they haven't been there at all yet this season, but they are back on top. The London Knights. Oh, my God, Wardy. They are on fire right now. And for a team that didn't do a whole lot at the deadline, didn't need to do a whole lot at the deadline, showing why they didn't have to do a whole lot at the deadline, because they are the hottest team by far in the Ontario Hockey League right now, getting in front of the Kitchener Rangers, whoever would have ever thought that happened. And, yeah, they put the work in 14 in a row. I mean, your power plays at 34%. I would hope you're at the top of the league standings. And oh. that's a pretty big reason why that they've uh, they've won 14 in a row. Yeah, and, and I'm I just going to say it now. There's going to be a lot of London talk this week. Um, Probably, when, you play, yeah. when you play this game, there's going to be a lot of London talk, but a lot of London praises this week. Because when you play that well, when you play consistent, consistently this good for the last three to a month, um, Three to four weeks, I guess. If you play that good, um, you're gonna get credit when you do. And I mean, hey, they're playing, they're playing really good. They're rolling right now. Um, I was able to watch the game Friday night against Kitchener and watch a little bit Saturday as well, or yeah, Saturday as well with uh, Kitchener, and uh, they just look really good. It reminded me a lot of last year. Remember in November last year when Kitchener and London got off to those big starts? Well, I guess not really because they lost their first eight or yeah, Kitchener started off with a losing streak, but. Remember when London just went into Kitchener and just beat them four nothing and just systemed them and just mm. dominated them? That looked a lot like this over the two games. Um, frustration um, on both sides. A lot of suspensions coming out of the head to head. But I think those are like those are the games to watch this past weekend. Let's be honest here. Um, every fan of the Ontario Hockey League had an eye on that Kitchener London game. When you look at the scores, that's a game you're going to look at. Anytime you have two iconic franchises in this league, um, you know you're going to be all eyes on that one. And um, it lived up to the hype for sure. It was a heck of a heck of a home and home. Um, but London definitely earned it. Uh, what can you say? Like they're just loaded. Like they didn't really have to do anything. Um, I went to the game last Sunday against No One Sound, and I mean, heck, I got a question for you on that one. By the way, I might as well ask you that now. Should that game have been postponed? They had zero highway access at Owen Sound. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah, like uh, the games. The game postponed in Western New York or Western New York. You had to travel yeah. to Western New York, but um, in in Erie, Pennsylvania, you cancel that. And again, you, you had to. You saw the shovelers out there in uh, <laughs> Highmark Stadium through Buffalo. You have to travel through Buffalo to get to Erie Absolutely. for more teams than not. So I think I think when you when you look at that, then postponing that one, yeah, Especially you coming from home, probably right? Ottawa, have. like like Owen Sound. Yeah, you probably should have. Uh, and again, it's a team that has to take every back road known to man in the province of Ontario to and they were really all get closed. anywhere. And um, all those highway back roads were closed. Yeah, like, like it's good luck. Yeah, they shouldn't have played that game. Yeah, I, I get you want to get it in. You don't want to have makeup dates. You know, it's not play baseball. There's no rainouts in hockey. But at the same time, division. like, yeah, yeah, it's in division. Like, that could be Tuesday something night. if, if, each of them, let's say, play on a Saturday, but they both have the Sunday off. We'll just stay the night and play a back to back. Now, yeah. unless it's a three and three, and that would be a four and four. Four and four is a lot, but I think at the same time, you also look at the schedule and you look at that option at least. 
Short answer. Yeah. I gave you kind of a long answer. Short answer, no. Oh, yeah. um, as the Knights took full advantage of that Owen Sound oh, yeah. team, I yeah. think there's enough time left, enough weeks left, oh, I enough thought... off days left. You probably could have. You probably could have fit it in this week. Knights don't play till yeah. Friday. So yeah. just play a Wednesday night game or a Thursday night game. Probably yeah. not a Thursday, but probably a Wednesday night game or a Tuesday night game. Just put one of those midweek games in there in the division. You're going to play each other uh, six times a year, and, you, you know, you're going to have the battles eventually in the middle of the week games. But, yeah, I just felt, you know, Owen Sound, that's a tough trip um, to London when every road's canceled. Um, the game was delayed till three, uh, and London took full advantage of that. And it was a tough time to see London on that day to see how good they are in person just because, like, this is now the third time I've saw them in person this year. And – it's kind of the times that you, you want to see every team play, right? You want to see the other systems and stuff, but that's kind of a tough one to judge them on because, I mean, the team got there, what, an hour before the game and Owen Sound. It's like you didn't get a warm-up. Like, warm-up was almost like a minor hockey warm-up. You just sh- get off the bus and uh, go warm-up and then play the game type thing, and that's that's tough, right? That favors London, the home team by far in that game. Um, but watching London play, though, oh, my God. Um, Sam O'Reilly on that line with Halton and who, by the way, has an 18 game point streak. Um, that's it. Who, yeah, I know. Yeah. That's not bad. Eh? Um, decent, uh, average, just a little I had better that. days in house league, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Easton Cowan as well. And those guys that, that line, I mean, they're just so good. Sam O'Reilly does all the little things. If I'm an NHL scout, I am all over Sam O'Reilly this year. Um, he's got the size, he's got the tenacity in the corners. Um, He's just a guy that's always around the puck. And we, we talked about this last year, Reese, and we saw Denver Barkey come up two seasons ago now. And when we saw um, Easton Cowan come up last year, the thing that impressed us about those guys is every time they were in the corners, they came out with the puck. They're not the biggest guys, but they use their bodies bigger than what they actually are. And they just come out with the pucks. And Sam O'Reilly's the exact same way. And what happens when they come out with the puck? They go right to the net. Mm-hmm. And we saw it all week this week, Reese, being with the Bulldogs. We see it all the time where – Go to the net, you know, go to the net, look to score. And that's the one thing I like about Sam O'Reilly is he's a guy that goes to the net and gets to the dirty areas, gets gets rebounds, takes a cross check to the back to score a goal. You need those guys. And now that we're in the second half of the season, you're going to start to see playoff type hockey. Guys like that in their draft gear are going to skyrocket, skyrocket with the draft stock because of that. So to me, I just think like they're just a balanced team right now. And that's just credit to Mark and Dale Hunter again. Um, knowing what they have in the system, knowing what they have there. Hey, we could go get a veteran guy in the league. We could go get somebody who's a guy that's a really good player. Um, but are we going to give up a Brustevich, who's a young 16-year-old defenseman who we like? Or are we going to give up a Sam O'Reilly, a.k.a. remember the rumors last year with um, with Oliver Bonk, but which weren't even a thing. And I believe that wasn't even a thing with Sam O'Reilly either. But – when you see those guys, why? that's why they're always good, London, because they always have these guys develop. They hold on to these guys. They know what they need. They know what they want. And based in hockey, in any sport now, Reese, we know this firsthand. You win through the draft. You build through the draft. That's how you get better. You build through the draft, and that's what London's team is. And when you look at their best players, they're all draft guys. They're all guys they've drafted. They developed. And mm-hmm. that's how you win in the league. Um and when I watch them play, I'm thinking, man, they're dangerous. Yeah, they go out and get Michael Simpson, but they also have a solid backup in uh, Owen Wilmore. You know, like this is a this is a good hockey team. Other than the penalty minutes, where I mean, 
I guess this is our next question. Do you think they break a thousand this year? That's 700 and something else. I was going to say, yeah, 719. Next closest are the Mississauga Steelheads at 680. They take a lot, too. Well, I mean, the Mississauga Steelheads, <laughs> they felt like the runaway team in penalty minutes. Um, yeah. And then London closed that gap and passed them. Um, London's the only team in the Western Conference with more than 600 penalty minutes. The next yep. closest in the West uh, is 599, that being the Kitchener Rangers. I mean, I guess that you could count that as 600, but 599, I mean, yeah, 680 for Mississauga, 608 for Peterborough. And then, yeah, those are the only teams over 600. So, man, a thousand. I think I, they break it. Second half. It's funny to say a thousand penalty minutes. That's very attainable. Uh, <laughs> but like 719 is a lot. That, what was last like, year? That's a lot of penalty minutes. Yeah, I mean, it'll it, it'll be interesting. I mean, sure, more reps on the penalty kill, I guess you could say. 84% for the Knights right now. But, yeah, I mean, definitely special teams, a contributing factor. 34% power play, 84 on the penalty kill. Um, has yeah. led to 14 straight wins for the London Knights. Also on tap for this week's show. Of course, we'll go over the entire weekend. Look at the players of the week. Got a milestone when it comes to the goaltender of the week. So we'll get to that in a few minutes. Yep. Go over all the games that caught our eye. And I mean, we kind of just discussed the Kitchener and London games, which were probably two out of the few that we we definitely were interested in. You know, we'll go over the upcoming week in the Ontario Hockey League. And for that matter, around the Canadian Hockey League with the top prospects game going down uh, on Wednesday out east in Moncton. And then the power rankings uh, in the Ontario Hockey League. Of course, we always end off with that. But a couple of the headlines uh, for this week, of course, all the media availability has started for that top prospects game. Head over to the OHL website, uh, hear from Sam Dickinson, hear from Henry Muse, and, and take care of that. Anybody in the Windsor-Saginaw fan base region or just Windsor-Essex, Michigan, um, <laughs> there has been an updated start time for the Spitz and Spirit game uh, on the 28th of January, that's a Sunday. So, well, this coming Sunday, uh, instead of it being at 5:30, the game will now take place nice. at two. And that's going to happen a lot this year. I, I, I wonder. Half. Well, and I wonder if it has anything to do with a um, certain football team just down the road being in San Francisco. Yeah. So I'm sure <laughs> ticket sales might have dropped, or you might have seen the uh, Ticketmaster resale site go up once that game was announced in San Francisco between the Lions and 49ers. So that'll be nice. nice Sunday Sunday afternoon, Lions yeah. 49ers in the evening. Yeah, it should be fun. So updated start Absolutely. time Sunday, uh, 5.30. Now it is at 2. OHL player of the week this week in Sudbury, Quentin Musty, two goals, eight assists for the Wolves forward, 10 points total. And the Wolves continuing to keep themselves near the top of the Eastern Conference standings with a lot of help from this man, Quentin Musty, as the Wolves leading the Central Division by one point over the battalion with one game in hand. Dalibor Dvorsky also in consideration for this award. Uh, nine points in three games for him. And Gavin Hayes as well. Uh, seven points for the Sioux Greyhounds. Three goals and four assists. We'll head 
to the net. Mateo Drobak taking home goaltender of the week and clear-cut number one for the Bulldogs. Well, what, for about a month and a half, two months now, with David Egorov being the backup there. Uh, he was 3-0. and uh, Drobak was goals against average of one, save percentage of 957. He is now the all-time winner for goaltenders in Bulldogs history, passing Caden Fulcher with his 56th career victory. Of course, Caden Fulcher uh, being a part and leading that Hamilton Bulldogs squad in 2018 to an OHL championship. Uh, Drawback was the backup uh, in the playoffs anyways. It was really a 1A, 1B in 2022 with Marco Costantini, but still both goaltenders with the ring. So congrats to Mateo. Congrats yeah. to you know him not only on that win total, but as well 3-0 weekend for him. Carter George also heads into the top prospects game um, in consideration for the award. 2-0, goals against average of 0.50, save percentage of 982. That also included a shutout. Uh, Andrew Oak as well was 2-0, 1.50 goals against average, save percentage of 951. So there's your player and goaltender of the week. Uh, Nathan Villeneuve as well added to the top prospects game. Um, so nice late addition for him as that news came down. Well, on Monday, as everybody was out there preparing to to get ready for that game uh, on Wednesday, uh, and then a tough blow here, Wardy. I wanted to get to this one um, for the Guelph Storm, and I mean, as yeah. soon not as soon as you get yep. Cam Allen back, because you know everybody's still excited for that, but. Um, Michael Bushinger is going to miss six to eight weeks for the Guelph storm. Again, thrilled to get Allen back eventually, but Bushinger going down is a, is a pretty big blow for the storm. Yeah. You know what? It's a time of the year. It feels like after the trade deadline teams get the team start to get established, right? They know what they are. Um, they establish themselves out of the deadline and then it's always a bummer. Obviously any time of the year, it's tough to see this, but. It's always hard, and uh, it's a tough loss for them, but good opportunity to develop. Um, coaching staff there, front office there, it's going to be all about development right now. Um, you got to have someone replace them. They got some good young guys there, and uh, they'll be able to uh, contribute now offensively and get their chance on the power play and stuff like that because the next couple of weeks here before Allen comes back, it'll be nice to see what you can have and put guys in different situations and um, – be able to play that, get those reps and see what you got there in that short term time zone, because it's just tough to see, but someone's going to have to step up and that's kind of where their season's at. Right. And Guelph's kind of in no man's land anyways, like where they are in the standings, 51 points. They're not going to climb up. I don't think Guelph is going to be the team that catches Saginaw Kitchener's. I don't, the Sioux and the London's. I don't think Guelph's going to get in that zone, but I also don't think Guelph's going to play bad enough to get in the Owen Sound eerie zone. Um, Owen Sound has been, I mean, yeah, they've won three in a row, but they've did, honestly they've been the definition of a five of a five and five team in their last ten. Um, you'll see them play one really good game, but then you'll see them play one really bad game. So where Guelph is, I really don't see them dropping that much um, throughout the year, but. Yeah. Good opportunity to develop though where they are in the standings, right? They got a five point five point cushion. Um that's only a weekend, really, but you got time. You have the ability here to see what you have. And that's huge. That's crucial for your uh 
for your development and win the hockey team because you got to create depth and the best teams that have depth uh, win the championship. So you hit adversity. Let's see what they got now, right? Every team's going to hit adversity. London's hit it this year. Kitchener's hitting adversity now as well. Mississauga's hitting adversity right now after their start. Right now you're going to see Guelph at adversity. So we'll see what they're made of now. And now we're going to see if they, they, is this a legitimate contender or what are they? You're going to see what they are now. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, what eight point gap between them and Saginaw? Yeah, I'm, I I agree with you on that. I, I think, think they the, are where they I, are. Yeah, the top four is set. Fifty one points for the Storm. Attack behind them at forty five. They're kind of in a battle with Erie right now. It wouldn't surprise me if Golf just finished fifth in the in the Western Conference standings. And essentially, honestly, that's not. And I mean, we're talking about playing a London, a Sioux, a Kitchener, or a Saginaw in round one without home ice. Um, so that's a test itself. But essentially, as the five seed getting the four seed in the Western Conference this year, you might be getting the most beaten up team out of those top four. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's going to be that type of battle. Two from the West Division, two from the Midwest Division, um somebody's got to finish fourth um and if they're gonna go toe-to-toe the rest of the year it might be a team that they're in fourth just because and i hope i hope this isn't the case but maybe they just got hurt at the wrong time went through injury trouble at the wrong time or they just got beat up so much in the in the last half of the season last quarter of the season that you know the legs are tired and they just they happen to be the four seed right and i mean Top four team for a reason, but still, I think that's what you're going to get if you're the Guelph Storm against that that four seed, that four or five matchup. So, I mean, you still got to go on the road, and and you technically would be considered an upset if you look at it standings wise. But I think that's that's an all right spot for Guelph. Um, I 100%. think that they'd just be fine with that. So, you know what this reminds me of? You know what the East, what the Western Conference reminds me of this year? And obviously, it's different because the 15 16 season. Um, the Eastern Conference, obviously the two best teams in the OHL were Erie and London that year, Strom to Brinkat, Marner to Chuck Dvorak, line the year London won the Memorial Cup. But the Niagara Ice Dogs, fourth place, making in their conference that year, making it to the finals. And honestly, no one counted them out because they won all the big games that year. Every time Niagara played a London, they played them tough that year. When they played Erie, I think they beat Erie that season. They always beat the good teams that year, Niagara. Guelph gives me those vibes. Like Guelph gives me that ability where they can win those games against the good teams and hey, just flash your brilliance and get in a series, show what we can do type thing, right? Match up, you get Cam Allen, you're gonna get Michael Bushinger back in eight weeks. You know, you're gonna get him back. So you're gonna see what you're made of here. And I think that's kind of cool to see how you can match up and have that ability because that year in 1516, Niagara finished fourth. Ottawa was a good team in fifth place. They had 75 points. Um, North Bay was in third in that year. Barry was loaded that year with 89 mm-hmm. points. And then Kingston had that massive team with 97. But Niagara won the Eastern Conference that year in the playoffs. All you got to do is get in, I think, in the West. And like you mentioned, the beat up, right? Some team's going to finish fourth place. And, hey, for that fourth place team in 1516, the Niagara Ice Dogs were the team that won that year that, w- that made it to the OHL Finals. And honestly, if it wasn't for a loaded London team, that Niagara team probably wins in the other two leagues that year. Um, when you look at what they had, they had Marty Williamson on the bench, um, Nadalkovich and Nat, like that team is loaded, right? And like, obviously it's kind of different to compare them to Guelph because Niagara went all in. And I think Guelph has the, uh, Guelph has the ability to win around. 
it'll be tough, but I think in a series, you know, one game at a time mentality, I think you're okay. Um, I like Guelph's goaltending and Gillespie. I like their defense when Bushinger's healthy and Allen's healthy. That's a yeah. good defense score. You're not going to take uh, Bushinger and Allen in your defense score. Like, that automatically makes you good. I like their forwards. I think they're good enough to compete. I always liked Carabella. I always liked their team. And obviously, Poitra won't be coming back, and that would have been a massive one, which was never the case. But one can dream. I was going to say, yeah. Can you can yeah. only imagine? Yeah, um, but – they're, they're a good enough team. They're a good enough team. And I just want to mention that. I just want to mention the standings from the 15-16 season that Niagara Ice Tugs were the team that year that played hard against all the good teams. And they, no one was surprised um, when they made it to the OHL finals. Yeah, when you sweep Kit, or Kitchener, uh, Kingston and Barry in that uh, in that yeah. playoff. And then, I mean, uh, London was a wagon. That that would have been a tough yeah, matchup either way. But like in, the, in the, the season series, they split. The Ice Dogs and uh, and Knights three two Ice Dogs win at Meridian Center. Uh, ultimately, that would be their only win against the London Knights at Meridian Center that year or at all that year. But um, you know, and then it was a three one game in London um, at Budweiser Gardens, and that was the game where um, I actually happened to be there in person uh, yeah. with, with Ted and Jamie when they were calling the game. Um, and and Marner scored that unreal goal around, essentially cool. tucked it in through in the post between Nadelkovich's glove in the post. So, yeah. um, no, I mean, yeah. Other than the finals being a four game sweep, I mean, it was still not like we're looking I think at Niagara, hockey, right? So, yeah, and I thought Niagara would have beat all. The, I thought Niagara would have beat the team out of the queue, Ryan Aranda, and I thought um, thought they would have beat the team out of the dub too, and Brandon. Yeah. I thought like I honestly thought like that Niagara team was good. Look at the guys on that. Look at the talent on that team, and. um I just think for Guelph, you look at the talent they have, and you just got to show. I think the one thing we want to see out of Guelph is Reese. Just can you win those big games? Can you can you match up well against the Londons? Can you beat the Kitchener? Like obviously, you can't get smoked on a Tuesday night against Kitchener like they did last week. But you know, you got to show that you can compete with those teams, and then we'll see. But we'll see what happens there. Yeah, and for the Storm, um, you look at it coming up, and you know you got a game against the Sarnia Sting, which. Yeah, okay, you got a comfortable lead over the Sarnia Sting where they are in the standings. Um, But then you've got a couple of games. Uh, You have a game to end January against the Owen Sound Attack. Um, So help try and build that lead even even further. And then even the Erie Otters, who I don't think will catch fifth place, but at the same time, they're right behind Owen Sound. So that turns turns into an even bigger game for the Erie Otters. Here's here's my question for you. And any fan that's listening to the show right now, Chime in on this. If your team is playing the Erie Otters of the Owen Sound attack, who are you more afraid to face, Owen Sound or Erie? Man, I love Erie this year. I think I think Erie's a team that can win any, that can be in any type of game, and they just don't go away. Where Owen Sound, they got that teeter totter effect. Where it's crazy how their wins and loss record is when Barlow scores. Who, by the way, does not look one hundred percent right now. Colby Barlow does not look one hundred percent at all. Um, and it's basically if Carter George doesn't make it three or less goals a game, all Owen Sound's not winning those games. And it's kind of interesting to see where Owen Sound's at, right? Where, like, Barlow doesn't look 100%. There's a team that's so up and down. One game you'll see them uh, come back against Ottawa like they did on the weekend, but then you'll go see them lay an egg the week before against mm-hmm. Ottawa at home with Ottawa playing a back-to-back. So it's kind of weird. 
Like, I don't know about you, but I feel like I'd be more afraid to play Erie right now if I was one of those Western Conference teams than I would have won South. Yeah. No, I I think I'm with you on that. Um, and even even going through through Guelph's remaining schedule, what, 25 games left to go? 68? Yeah, 25. Hey, math. There we go. Um, half of them, not really half, I guess, 0.5 under half, um, 12 out of the 25 games are against teams above them in the standings. And if you look at it, and this includes Brantford, so we're talking point total, um, half your games are against five teams. And yeah. those five are ahead of you in London, Sioux, Kitchener, Saginaw, and and one against Brantford. Um, hardest schedule remaining? That could be up there. Um, but it kind of kind of builds the confidence, boosts the team heading into the postseason, I think. Um, yeah. you know, there are there are those select games. And I mean, that game against Erie coming up to start February uh, happens to be a school day game, 11 a.m. in Erie PA. Um, so there you go. That talk about a trip the previous night. Um, but you know, that's, that's one of three games against the Erie Otters. Uh, we're looking at one, two, three, four against the Owen sound attack. So 12 against teams ahead of you, then seven against the two teams below you. So what that leaves, that leaves six left for everybody else kind of thrown in there. Um, yep. wow, I'm on Gotta fire get points. today with the math. Look at that. I know you're um, buzzing. Hey, you're a wagon, <laughs> not bad, eh? Um, yeah. but I, I think, yeah, when you talk about, yeah, Owen Sound, do you like your chances against them? Do you like your chances against Erie? Um, again, there's a lot to like about both teams. I think, I think George and Net with the with the attack that that's big for them. That's not a guy you want to face in the opposing net. Um, but then again, Ben Godro. Isn't a guy you want to face in the opposing yeah. net either. Kind of the stats he's put well, up in his more established. For, this, for this Erie team. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's it's tough. Like travel-wise, not a chance in hell. I want to go to Erie. Can um, you imagine Erie to be fair, first round or, right now? Oh, man. No, thanks. <laughs> That's going to be a trip. Erie man. Sioux right now in the first round. Man, started today, that, it would be Erie Sioux. You think that schedule looks like back-to-back to start, then four days off? Go to Erie back for to back, back to back, then two days. Or like, Friday, Sunday. Yeah. It probably go it probably goes Thursday, Friday, and then you travel and then you play the Sunday, Monday, back to back. Yeah. You would have to. You'd have like I feel like you would. Or, or just go Thursday, or get Saturday. Two days in between. Or yeah, or, or. You, or you go the Thursday, you go Thursday, Saturday, and Sue, and then you go. Wednesday, Friday in Erie, and then Sunday in Sioux, and then Tuesday Erie, and then Man. Friday in Sioux for Game Seven. Holy, we just made up a schedule. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Look yeah, at that. but um, <laughs> that's that's a that's a good point though, Reese. And um, one more thing I want to mention about the weekend, Reese. Yeah, the debate right now: who gets the eighth seed in the East? Eastern Conference is the Eastern Conference right now. I know, I know, we're, I get we both get questions about this, but because we're around the team all the time and stuff. But the Bulldogs um, right now are playing great hockey without Nick Lardis, without um, Patrick Thomas, without Cole Brown. They played great. Um, who gets the eighth seed though in the Eastern Conference right now? Peter Brill's up two points on Barry. Barry has two games in hand. Niagara is also five points back. Five points for Niagara to get 
is three weeks of hockey. There's eight eight weeks remaining. That's tough. That is tough for, to do. Yes, they've played well, but I'm afraid they're going to run Owen Flores into the ground. Um, you trade, you get a goalie in a trade who's a more than capable starter, I believe, on a lot of teams in the league, including Niagara. I think they have a 1A, 1B situation right now, to be honest. Um, Niagara, Flores, and Robertson. I love Robertson. I love his potential in the league. I think he's a solid goaltender. I think if those two get hot, Niagara has a chance, but I think it's slim. In my opinion, I think Barry's the team that gets the eight seed. They're the best coach team out of the three, in my opinion. I think they have I think they work hard. I think they're gonna be in games. I think Marty Williamson and what he can bring to the table is a is a type of coach that can get the best out of his team and really be good for the postseason. I think Barry as an eighth seed would be a tough eighth seed because of, in a series, you know what Marty's gonna make them do. You know what he's gonna get up, get out of them. Um but in my opinion, I think Barry gets the eighth seed. But what do you think? No, I, I, I agree with you on that because I also think – and, I mean, that's the thing, right? You're looking at three teams that have goaltending. It's just a matter of yeah. who the heck is in front of them to, to negate yeah. all these all these grade-A scoring yeah. chances, right? Hillebrandt, Stushka, um, like you said, Flores and Robertson, which, by the way, it took 14 days for Robertson to get into a game that's for a the joke. Ice Dogs. Because um, he was traded on January 7th from North Bay to Niagara. So, okay, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. We'll go 13 and a half days. Um, but, like, no, that's not going to happen. You're not making the playoffs if Flores plays every game but four the rest there of the way. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what I think of that. Um, I mean, yeah, I I like Barry. Um, I, I Like you said, a lot, of, a lot of points about Marty Williamson you like. Um, it's, it's, it's the mat or it's the factor. And I think also to the, um, what was brought about or brought into the room by, by Dale Howard, Chuck, when he was around Barry, I think the vibe still kind of lives on, um, with that mentality. And that's one thing that, uh, uh, that Marty, I thought has done a really nice job in keeping that, that culture and keeping the room the same way it was when, when Dale was around. So, um, I think that plays a factor. Bo Gelsma, I mean, we're still huge fans of him. Um, you know, Sam Hillebrandt, it's tough yeah, to not like that guy. Um, yeah, it's just – point it, with Sam Hillebrandt. Yeah, like it's it's honestly not even goal – and realistically, I don't think goaltending will play a factor when it comes down to it for for Niagara. Um, Peterborough, Barry, they've got their goalies. They know who the number one is. Um, Niagara the is your lineup. I mean, you've got yeah, you've got Robertson Flores back there, but um, eleven forwards, five D. Um, not I only are you going to continue to allow thousands of shots, and that that's a little bit of a, a little bit of a stretch, but at the same time, you're going to tire out the lineup. You're giving up thirty, um, forty a game. Yeah, yeah, it, that that's the thing, right? And you can only call so many people up, um, but you got to get the lineup healthy and and. Injuries you don't blame on anybody because you can't. Yeah. But but at the same time, it's it, you get to a point in the season where we're talking the middle of February, late February. If you continue to go even twelve forwards five D or eleven forwards six D, like at least one man short, I think you put yourself in a tough tough situation. So yeah. Um. You know, I mean, they're within striking distance. I think we can say five points is within striking distance. Um. It really is. Three teams battling for one spot. I think Kingston and up, you're going to see those teams in the playoffs, all seven. Yep. 
Um, so it's a matter of just if we're going to see the OHL champs, defending OHL champs into the playoffs, are we going to see Niagara finally return back to the playoffs since 2019? Um, or are we going to see the Barry nine. Colts return to the playoffs this year? It's, it, it's an interesting debate. And one I think we need to follow, um, one of the, the tighter year. races, maybe I don't want to say underrated because it's always a fun race when you try to see who's going to get in just to give their most desperation too. It's the, the most intriguing. Yeah, yeah. But it, you know, we're going to look at the division lead in the Midwest, West division. Um, I mean the central division, those three teams, the East division is becoming a lot more interesting with Brantford selling, but not selling, but not going yeah. for it. Um, but I mean, this, this is one that's kind of, being pushed away because of all those races at the top is the well, who, who's going to be the last team in the East? Like yeah. who is it going to be? And, and a lot of teams, there's, there's a lot of reasons why each team should be in there. There's a few reasons why each team won't be in there. Um, and yep. it's just, <laughs> let's fight it out and see how it goes. I think that's the best way to put it. Oh, 100%. 100% agree with you, Reese. And it's funny as you mentioned, Branford, right? Another uh, testament to uh Jay McKee coach of the year. Um, I'm obviously on that wagon. I know I might hear it from people, but how is Jay McKee have, how has he not won a coach of the year in the Ontario hockey league? They had the best team in the OHL in 2022. Doesn't win coach of the year. Last year, they get better after the trade deadline. Um, doesn't win coach of the year this year, the exact same thing as last year. And you're in first place in a conference in, in the division. And at this point, uh, where at the pace that they're on, they're not going to finish below second in their division. It's either going to be Oshawa or Brantford in yeah. that top spot in the division. How how is Jay McKee not in Coach of the Year candidate this year in the Ontario Hockey League? I understand the West is the West. It'll be coming out of Dale Hunter what he's done this year. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of time left to go. Sault Ste. Marie, um, Kitchener. There's so many good coaches in the league, but. When you're looking here at Jay McKee's track record over the last three, four years, how has he not won coach of the year in his career? And I think he's making a damn good resume right now. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think his it, resume is very impressive. Yeah, and it's it it's it's really hard to argue how he doesn't get it in 2022. Oh, man. That's, that's – That's like, what? what are we doing? Yeah. Um, last Who didn't year, vote Dave, for Jay McKee? Yeah, last year, Dave Cameron, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ottawa was very good. I absolutely 100% agree with that. Um, (laughs) It's funny, you look at it. The last four awards handed out for OHL Coach of the Year, like the last four years, I mean. um, Three of them have been for 67's coaches. But again, Tournier's justified both of those years. Absolutely. James Richmond, hell of a coach. No issues whatsoever with the way... James Richmond coaches his teams, coaches his system. He he was not the head the, the yes. head coach of the year in 2022. My, my argument is too with Richmond is yes, he's a great coach, but this year I think Mississauga got way too complacent early. I think they got way too complacent early and lost the work ethic. I mean, I'm not gonna say work ethic that that came out wrong, but the way they started, how is the message so different? How is this team a below 500 team per 10 games after the, after that first two months, Yeah, you know, like how's this team continuing to get worse? Where are they fifth place right now in the East, right? Like what's going on there. Right. So that's why I just think my argument is with Jay, like 
Bulldogs continue to get better. They like they won an OHL championship and finished in the top five in the conference a year later. You know, like Peterborough's losing, just lost eight games in a row. Like I just think to where the where it is. I mean, I just don't think there's enough credit for Jay McKee. And like I mentioned before, I think the World Junior Team Hockey Canada. I think I mean, and this is no knock at, on Alan Latang, but I think for that Hockey Canada team this year, the World Junior Team, when you watch them play, they weren't a team. You know, they weren't a team, and I think that that Jay McKee would be the perfect fit for that te- type of roster as well. But I maybe it might be a little biased, but I'm always I'm always going to be a Jay McKee fan. Um, in my opinion, being able to like us being able to work with him after after every game and picking his brain, that guy like he just gets it. He just gets it. Junior hockey, he just gets it. Being a coach, and uh, I'm all for him uh, getting the credit. And I just think that like when I look around the league right now, and I just don't, I just can't believe, especially in the Eastern Conference. He doesn't get the credit he deserves. It feels, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I can agree with that. I mean, we're he's finished first in a division twice. Um, yeah. Once with Hamilton, once with Kitchener. Um, only been at the bottom once, and you know that was uh, <laughs> really can't count on him. He didn't finish the season with Kitchener um, in 2019-2020, but um, you know a fourth place finish in his first year. First place finish in his second year, third place finish in his third year, and then wins a division, a conference, a championship, um, and then finishes third in the division last year. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a really good case. Um, I will agree. Jay McKee is, you know, whether it be at home with with Brian Smiley, expositor writer uh, in Brantford, sports writer in Brantford, um, you know, talking to him. Um, whether it be on the road, we heard from him uh, following the shutout in Mississauga on Sunday. Um, yeah, there's, I, I'll leave it at that. I, I don't know how, how can you really know until the award happens? So, and, or announcement happens, I should say, but, um, yeah, yeah, so it, and that's an interesting debate, I think. And that's, that's the unfortunate part of it is he goes up against a team that, has 63 points, has 61 points, has 62 oh, sure. points, has 59, and is hosting an M Cup. Um, the team with 63 has won 14 in a row as well. So, um, yeah. it's, yeah, I mean, in the East, yeah, absolutely. If he's the finalist, yeah, totally understand that. Couldn't agree more. Um, but, yeah, it's a hard year, that's for sure, going yeah. up against those Western Conference coaches. Oh, 1,000%. 100% um, agree with you. And, um my last one for you is from the weekend. And it's kind of funny since we speak of the coach of the year, and then it's more of a month, of, month away type of debate to make. There's still a lot of hockey left. And honestly, I wish you put the playoffs into that. Cause that's when the actual coaching seems to start in my mind, you know, with the matchups and stuff. I mean, they're starting now, but playoffs, everything's just dialed in. Um, rookie of the year, best 16 year old, best 17 year old. I mean, leading scorer, Sam O'Reilly, 17 year old draft year player. Um, Jake O'Brien second um, in rookies. Right now, what do you think rookie of the year? As we're at, as we're done the first half, yeah, I I, I love to... O'Reilly's game. I love both these players' games. They're both great. Yeah, I'm trying to think back who I had to start the year. I feel like I had. Um, I feel like I went with Schaefer. I had, because, and I had Brady Martin. Yeah, because. And and it kind of led to me picking Erie as the surprise team is, um, 
yeah, like there was going to be mistakes. There's no question about that. The guy's 16 years old. Right. The wave. Um, but, but at the same time, like if Erie was going to be a surprise team, one of the reasons why it was going to be him um, and whether or not he, he put up the points or not is it is what it is. A rookie defenseman. You don't expect him to get 50 points in his first year. Um, yeah, so, so from that standpoint, that might've been a miss on my part, but he's still got a lot of hockey to go. So we're, I'm cool. not worried at all. Um, give me the best draft eligible defenseman next year in the draft. Yeah, exactly. So, they are, so. so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not really worried at all. Um, Jake O'Brien, I think is interesting for me because, uh, not only is he approaching and whether or not people History. look at this, um, as something to vote for, for the OHL rookie of the year, um, when it comes to like team accomplishments and team records. Um, but we're talking about Jake O'Brien, not only he surpassed rookie assists by far, um, you know, but in, in terms of passing guys on the all-time Bulldogs rookie list, what I think it's uh, Arthur Kaliev that has yeah. that mark. So um, I mean, yeah, that rookie year. that's a pretty sweet guy to, yeah, to pass on all-time rookie scoring for a franchise, but it's interesting to see if people will be, um, will be pushing for that if he breaks those records. Um, Cause he can, he can pass it on a dime. Um, just hit oh, yeah. his ability Man, to find guys, so well. not only in stride, but if he's standing still, like his ability mm-hmm. to hit the tape, um, he's like an NBA point guard distributing the puck. Yeah, like it's it's been second to none among rookies, I think. Um, Sam O'Reilly has been phenomenal. I don't think his passing ability nearly comes close to Jake O'Brien's, but at the same time, um, yeah, different skills. Yeah, it's 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 just you look at it different way throughout the game, um, and you have to compare O'Reilly. which one is more important or which one is more impressive, yeah. better, whatever you want to look at it. Right, that's the debate. I think it's going to be between O'Reilly and O'Brien. Um, I think a strong case will be made for Ryan Robrick if the Ice Dogs get in the playoffs. Um, Yeah, I think they got to make the playoffs. His stretch, yeah. If they make the playoffs, I I think he definitely gets a lot more looks, and you'd start to look at what he did down the stretch. Um, which I I think he's gonna he's gonna show up for it. I've I've really liked the way he's played. Um, Riley Patterson. I mean, all these guys like Patterson Hayes. Um, I think your top five voters or vote getters are gonna be those guys. It's just a oh, matter of what order what they're order. in. Yep, one hundred percent, one hundred percent agree with you. And it's funny when I watch O'Reilly play; he's a guy that's in between the hashes, right? He's around the net, um, getting a lot of his points from the dirty areas. Get pucks for guys. So I mean, him and Cowan hard on the forecheck. Get pucks to Halt and then um, bury it, right? Type thing. Get to the net. Where Jake O'Brien's a guy with the puck, distributing the puck, and like I said, he's like an NBA point guard. The way he distributes the puck and the way he can hide in traffic is incredible i've never saw i have never saw a 16 year old and i was i've always talked about this post game growing up a knights fan seeing max domi come up seeing those guys come up that they had mitch marner those guys that were so good with the puck right and so flashy jake o'brien's right there with them yeah. like i i not have honestly i've never saw a 16 year old do the things jake o'brien does the way he can hide himself in traffic and get into the dirty areas it's funny we talk about this all the time reese we watch a game and we're like, oh, wow, Jake O'Brien just got the secondary assist, you know, like the primary assist. You know, he's always getting that first assist. He's always making the play. And you'll watch him. And it's like, oh, yeah, Jake, another point. And at the end of the night, you see he's got two or three points. And it's like, oh, wow. And he just hides in traffic. Um, he wins puck battles. And I, I've loved this game. I think this race is going to be so tight. And like you mentioned, Ryan Rubrick, 
and uh, Patterson as well. It's going to come down to those guys making the playoffs. Barry get in, Niagara get in. That's probably for the three spot. I mean, Travis Hayes as well. Hayes, I mean, he's in a great spot in Sue. Sam O'Reilly's in a great spot in London, right? Those are two good teams. They're going to get points. Those guys are going to get points. They're going to continue to climb. Those guys are always going to be there. I think Jake O'Brien's going to always be there. There's three guys right there who are always going to be in the mix, I think, in the scoring for the rookies. Um, then you get the Pattersons and the Rubrics. Whoever makes the playoffs, skyrockets right into there. Um, the second half of the year, it's always tough, right? Um, O'Reilly's played great. Uh, Hay- Hayes will be interested to see how what his ice time is now in Sioux in the second half of the year. Because yeah. um, that's kind of when, hey, we start to see the matchups. We start to see the less ice time, you know, type situation. Um, well, it'll be interesting to see what Hayes' ice time looks like throughout the stretch here. Um, Jake O'Brien, I think, is going to continue to rise because of the injuries that Brantford has. And I think Jake O'Brien's going nowhere because I know the staff love him there and the coaching staff are big fans. So I think that's a guy that isn't going to drop in ice time. So he's going to continue to get opportunity on the power play, get opportunities on in, on the scoring lines for the Bulldogs. Um, and, yeah, like you mentioned, Rubrik and Patterson, I think if you get in the playoffs, you're gonna, those two guys are going to have a crucial part to the team's success to get in the playoffs. So I think if they continue to strive with success, I think there's the guys that are right in the mix too. And heck, I know like our vote, Reese, it's going to be tough because when you see where guys are, right, and what comes into it, the the rankings for that, there's three or four guys. Like if Rubik or Patterson, Niagara or Barry get in, they play a crucial role, which you know they're going to. Yeah. That's a tough pick. That's a tough pick. It's really four guys that you could have won this year. It's it's crazy um, where it is right now in the uh, rookie of the year, but it's going to be fun. And I just want to mention that one before we uh, had to hit the break and um, also add two more. I think defenseman of the year, I think we kind of know. I think, I think, yeah. I'll take credit for that. Oh, yeah. I th- you know it's close. It's closing in now, but I think Rostevich, where he is in the points, I think that it's got to be him down there. Um, and then also, I want to mention goaltender of the year. I have Michael Simpson. I think Michael Simpson has been huge in the last little bit. He's played in. He's played incredible as well. Um, who you got, Reese? Man, um. It's hard because Simpson's in the top five in both. I think yeah. it's easy to pick him. Um, yeah. A guy I that I think Simpson plays though the way is it the way uh, he conducts the games. Yeah, and I I think a a lot of people in this specific town won't consider him a sleeper for it, but um, Jacob Oster uh, for yes. the for the Oshawa Generals. I just wanted to mention him. I think he's workhorse. I don't want to say he's. Maybe he's not close to Simpson. Maybe he is. Depends how the voters look at it. Um, but he is definitely one of the main reasons why the Oshawa Generals are in fourth in the Eastern Conference right now. And we're not even Probably talking only... about them missing the playoffs yeah. like we were two months ago. Um, yeah. So I think I think that's a that's a nice sleeper pick uh, for for goaltender of the year because he's been he's been very good in Oshawa. Um, yeah. You know. Putting up 19 wins, 14 losses, three overtime losses, one shootout loss. Just combine the two categories. Uh, goals against 280, save percentage 908. A uh, couple of shutouts for him as well. Um, yeah, I thought he's. I thought he's been very good and given himself a chance to get votes for for goaltender of the year. So, 
I agree with you there. I love Oster. He's played great this year, and he's kept them in a lot of games, and he's got them right back in the thick of things here in contention to win their division and possibly win the Eastern Conference. I agree with you on that one, too. I got Simpson. You got Oster. Great picks. Um, uh, my last one, top prospects game. Here we go. Wednesday evening, tomorrow night, top prospects game. Who's your player to watch out of the Ontario Hockey League? in the top prospects game. And I mean, for me, it's kind of, it's tough not to pick Merrick Van Acker being a local guy for me um, from the Delhi Ontario, you know, it's tough not to pick Merrick um, who I hope has all the success in the world. There, He's a great player, great person for me. I got to go with Sam O'Reilly. I've been on him all show. I love his game. I think Sam O'Reilly's he's my player to watch in the, in the game um, that in the puck drop pregame ceremonial puck drop. Let's see how awkward it is. I yeah. love when, I love Big it when time. people in suits try to drop a puck and they try to act proper, but it, it's not going their way because you're because you're kind of nervous, you know, because you're on ice. It's kind of it's kind of funny how like you know oh everyone you know it's kind of oh okay like well that I mean like, so normalcy. so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name any names here. If you want to do your research and figure out who it was, go for it. Um, we were in Mississauga Sunday. Um, and there's ceremonial puck drop. Um, and you know how guys they'll either like put their sticks together for the photo or like they'll leave a little bit of space in between. Um, Sharp and Shirk left no that's kind of a cool sitcom name, Sharp and Shirk. Yeah, like that'd be a cool sitcom. Um, but, but they left no room in between their sticks. Um, and the dude tried to fit it in between and he failed miserably. It actually, I think, ended up behind their sticks, so the photo didn't even capture the puck. Um, so that, that was hilarious. But I just wanted to mention yeah. that. Again, do your own research if you want to figure out who it is. I, I won't say any names, but that was a funny one that I enjoyed. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, in, in terms of players for this game, um, for me, it's Sam Dickinson. Um, yeah, and and, I, like, and, and I, I think he could take home an MVP in the game. Um, it w- it was interesting what Jay McKee had to say when we talked to him after the game in Mississauga, just asking, Hey, any advice for, for Merrick or for even anyone that matter that you've ever coached to, yeah. to go to that game. And he's like, you know what? People are going to want to put up offensive numbers and show what they can do offensively. Cause that's just, that's the way it's been. You want to stand out, yep. uh, offensively. Right. But I think it's re he said, it's realizing that, um, scouts aren't just looking at, Oh, are you going to go through the legs? Are you going to do a Michigan? No, something spectacular, right? Um, They see your whole game. You don't have to be plus three with four points and two penalty minutes or something. I don't know. Like, but, you know, at the same time, just have fun, enjoy the game um, and just play the way you do on your, on your club team, on, on your main team throughout the regular season. Um, I think Sam Dickinson is going to be one of the better guys to be able to do that. Um, you know, I always like, I always like talking about the guys who are ranked high to see how they do their game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's their game. So all eyes are on them, right? All the eyes are on them. All the pressures on those guys. So that's why it's kind of interesting, right? You got to go out and continue to raise your draft stock. That's the best part about going to this game. I was able to go in Kitchener, um, a couple years back. I love the top prospects game. I think you get the best out of each kid. I really do. I think because it's their, every scout's there. And, I mean, it was really cool going out of the elevator in Kitchener and seeing uh, the elevator door open and who's standing there is Stevie Y. Um, trusty eyes are playing. Let's go Red Wings. Um, that was a great game, Toronto, uh, two Sundays ago. Heck of a job. Way to help us out in the standings. Thank you. Um, we, thanks we, very much. And we pulled an Owen sound where we showed up late. 
The yeah. Reverend showed up late. So oh yeah, oh yeah, on. we're back. We're back. Um, yeah, we're back. It's the '90s all over again. Uh, 2000s all over again. Basically, every year of our lifetime, Reese against them. But um, yeah, I had to get that in there. But I thought that was pretty cool. You know, go to the elevator. Steve Eisman's there with Chris Draper, Sean Horkoff. It's like, um, holy, you know the rest. Crap. Um, that Probably was really. Crap. <laughs> no, 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 no. I had a fan moment. For, honestly, it was probably the first time all in covering a game. You were starstruck, a- Wardy. Oh, yeah, it's Steve Eisman. Um, And I know, like, you do the same thing. If you saw Steve Eisman, like, that's our guy. You know, like, that's our guy. Like, he got us a lot of cups. Like, that was pretty cool Um, to be able to shake his hand and stuff and, like, Mr. Eisman, <laughs> you know, get a little nervous. Did he be yeah, like, no, nah, call me hands. Steve. Yeah, you know, yeah. Oh man, I would have cried. <laughs> that would happen. And who needs Taylor Swift? We got Steve Eiserman. Yeah, um, no kidding, eh? But uh, yeah that that's that was pretty uh that was pretty cool. And this game, you imagine being on the ice and you look up and you see in the broadcast booth in Kitchener at the Memorial Auditorium, Steve Eiserman, the Red Wings brass, in the broadcast booth. It's just like wow, like you know that was pretty cool to see and um. I just think for these kids, just go out and enjoy the moment, right? Enjoy what you're doing. Um, you're the top prospects game in the, all of the CHL. That's a big deal. Go out and have fun and enjoy the moment. It's hard to make that game. There's a lot of snubs from this list, to be honest, and just go out and play your game. And I'm excited to see what can happen. I love watching the top prospects game, and I cannot wait to see it. And uh, good luck to everybody in it. And uh, just enjoy the process and uh, work your butt off. Have no regrets. Time to hit the break. We're pretty well through the full hour already. When we come back, we will quickly run through a couple of games that we have our eyes on for the week, and we kind of already gave one on Wednesday night in Moncton. But we'll go over a couple of more, and then, of course, we'll go over the power rankings as well. Um, and this week's show is actually going to end um, with a little bit of a rant from me. I've got some uh, issues with some people, and uh, a <laughs> little late for festivals, but we'll, swinging we'll, a drive. We'll be okay. We will. Uh, I'll go through those to end the show. Have kind of a little laugh, I guess, to end this week's show. So, games coming up this weekend, power rankings, and Reese's rant are all next here on the OHL and sixty podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to the OHL and 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. And that might have been the longest time I have ever talked about one of the dumbest shows on TV ever. Because <laughs> we just took a break there and The Bachelor started on Monday. And, Can't wait. Can't wait. And, Big Bachelor um, fan. We were debating what this guy looks like. Colin thinks he looks like a Chad. I've never seen previews, or if I have, I've turned it off three seconds into realizing it's been a Bachelor preview or commercial. Yeah, Joey. Name's Joey, apparently. Don't Colin know the last name. Looks like a Chad. The last names aren't important. <laughs> like the anonymous gambling hotline. All you need is the first name. You know, if you watch the show, oh, you know who he is. Yeah, so like, I don't, so I, I really don't care. But yeah. I, what? how long we talked about that? Like three minutes? 
I think that was the longest time I've yeah, ever we had a three minute bachelor. break. And I want, and I talked about the bachelor. I literally got quotes in for my girlfriend, Alexa Reese's girlfriend as well. No one agrees with me, but I'm telling you, you all on Instagram in 2022, that they had like the Chad, Brad and Thad. Yeah. He's one of them. He's a tennis player. And uh, I'm in a pool. Tennis. I'm in a bachelor pool. Which by the way, why does that exist? Like, come oh, on. My dad, like, my dad's like, gonna love this. like, come on. <laughs> Your dad's but not dad, in it, is he? Better. No, 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 no. When my, Lord, dad, hears, when my, when my dad hears this, you know I'm gonna get a phone call about it. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. But uh, yeah, so yeah. I had to pick, and it was funny. I did my picks. Should I just draft it right now, quickly? Oh, so my. pick number one to team uh, Colin underscore Ward. I have Daisy, Kelsey A, Kelsey T, Leah, Maria, and Rachel. That sounds like a rap, but. That's who I, uh, man, that's that, took, that took me back to when we were week. in elementary school and we had like the same <laughs> name for two or three kids. And, oh, yeah. that's, that's Tyler A. That's Tyler K. Yeah. That took yeah. me back to that. Yeah. That's my team. I, I don't know what any that's of that team, means. Like that's team call it underscore award. No, that was a thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm in it. But Hey, doing good in the football picks, doing good in the football picks. Only one loss. Oh, I didn't even pick. I didn't even pick. I didn't even pick the games. So that's an, that's impressive. I'm this moral oh, okay. support. Yeah. My girlfriend lies to picking the teams and we're eight and one. I don't know how many games there were, but we only have one loss. It was a Houston nice. ball. And I picked Houston. I why? Was a, why did you pick? Why? Here's the quote I got from the Houston. <laughs> Ready? Houston okay. Texans, baby. That's what I got. And that's why we picked Houston. Right there. When mm. I said, who's going to win Houston or Baltimore, I got Houston, Texas, baby. And ah. We went with Houston, which I was fine with because CJ Strout, but yeah. True. <laughs> That's the only reason. And I mean, I wouldn't have cared. Baltimore rival of Pittsburgh. Sure. Yeah. Get out. Yeah. But yeah, they didn't. <laughs> there it um, is. <laughs> speaking of picking games, um, let's take a look at what we're looking at uh, for the upcoming weekend. You like how I transitioned that, eh? Uh, <laughs> 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 so we'll just go through a couple here because we're against the clock a little bit. Um Number one, and they're both on the same day, or actually, no, a couple days apart. Sorry, um, or a day apart. I changed one of them. But uh, first one for me on the 26th, up at the Sudbury Community Arena, North Bay Battalion, yep. Sudbury Wolves. Um, essentially, in my opinion, the two teams, one of the two, one of those two teams is going to win the Central Division. Um, and it, you know, it's it's going to be an exciting game, and I think North Bay home um, and home too. Looking for a big weekend, yeah, home and home for sure. So these are big, man. Um, yeah, that's 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 a nice start for them, um, or for those two teams. I think nice start, and I mean, nice game for me to kind of start my weekend. Um, and then Kitchener and Saginaw, um, on on the twenty twenty seventh in Saginaw at the Dow. That's we like that's from where the Kitchener Rangers were. I didn't see them really being in this position, um, yep. you know, what, a month or two ago. There's a chance after this weekend they're in fourth, depending how Saginaw plays, depending how Kitchener plays. Because for the Kitchener Rangers, not only do you have Saginaw in Saginaw on the 27th, you're in Sault Ste. Yeah. Marie on the 26th. Tough travel too, right? Um, the weather You don't know what the weather's going to be this weekend up there. You would think snow. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Whereas Saginaw will be rested as they don't play on the 26th. Um, and on the 25th, they got Windsor. Oh, both Parsons have got so, good. Yeah, and, and Saginaw has got Windsor twice this upcoming yeah. weekend. 
So and and then you throw that Kitchener game in there. So I think for Oklahoma, those two games, they're running hot. Yeah, yeah, those are those are big. Um, but for Kitchener, I think it, it's about staying in the top three in in the standings because yep. they could easily be the fourth place team when we chat again in about seven days or so. One hundred percent. Um, they've got two this week, right, Kitchener? Yeah, and Kitchener, Saginaw, and Sioux. Yeah, then next Tuesday they got London at yeah. home. Holy crap! Yeah, so there you go. They have to go one and one. They have to go one and one. If they don't go one at and minimum, one, yeah. Yeah, if they go 0-2 over this weekend, yeah, they'll be fourth, 100%. Um, the way Lalone's playing for Saginaw as well, he's won his last 10 as the backup. You know, man, we know all about that. You know how crucial that is, having your backup goalie um, not lose games and, like, win yeah. you games? Man, that's such a confidence boost. You're not honestly it's probably one of the reasons why they're playing so well. Um, props to Lalone on that one. And uh, with his 10 in a row, that's going to be huge for Saginaw this weekend. Um, I agree with you on the Saginaw Kitchener game. That's big. Um, North base Sudbury is huge. You gotta, you gotta find a way to win those games or at least get a split. If you're one of those teams, you can't get swept or it might put you back a week and a half, um, in the standing department. Uh, one game for me to look for is, and I had it on here. Um, it's Mississauga Flint. I a conference game in Mississauga Friday night. That's a game to me, Reese, where, they're two teams that desperately need to play good hockey. Um, they need to find a way to win. They need to find a way to play good. So what a good way to play a team that's going through the same thing that you're going through, right? The same mm-hmm. adversity. That's kind of that's kind of you know. So one team's got to win. One team's got to lose. And that'll be interesting to see what happens throughout that uh, stretch. So I got Flint and Mississauga my game to watch as well on a Friday evening at Paramount Fine Food Center. Great facility. It's always nice to be there. Just wish more fans would be able to get there. And it's a, obviously it's a tough place to get to transit wise. It's a nightmare because um, there is no transit to the arena, but love that facility. Um, love the arena there. Just uh, hopefully um, people can get out there now uh, in the playoff runs. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of a game that, I mean, even when, when I heard you say it, I was like, Oh, huh. and then he explained it and you're like, I'm like, yeah, all right, cool. Cause like technically yeah. they are both three and seven. And like we talked 10. about it. And like um, we talked about earlier, like we're, the bottom race is to make the last playoffs by getting experience. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I mean, Mississauga three, six and one Flint three and seven. So, okay. Mississauga's collected one extra point, but yeah. um, no, essentially the same spot. Mississauga. Yeah. They're, they're a weekend away from either being back up with Sudbury and North Bay yeah. or down with down, down. I mean, not that far, but down with Ottawa and Kingston. Um, right. Business. Games on one of those teams, they'll gain points on one of Sudbury yeah. or North Bay if they take care of business. Because exactly, that. exactly. So, um, no, I like that. Um, and kind of a nice, nice way to get into the power rankings here. Um, second last topic before I get into my rants, and it's not even about hockey; it's Better about up. something else. Um, I haven't even heard about it yet, so I'm kind of intrigued. No, you're, yeah, no, it's it's fun. I th- I think it's funny. I think a lot it's of stuff I like, say is funny. I've been told I'm not, but we'll see. It could it could all it could almost be like the segment on Overdrive, the afternoon show in Toronto, um, on TSN, where um, dear H- Hazy B, where Reese just comes, where people just come with questions to Reese, and Reese just answers them. Man, we should do that. That'd be fun. that'd be hilarious. If we ever did a live show, we're doing that. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. We can do that now. Honestly, if you have questions, hit us up. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. And then we'll yeah, gather them for the week. Big time next yeah. week. Yeah. All right. I'm in. Yeah, let us know. Cool. 
Um, yeah, fire away your questions to the show account at the OHL and 60 podcast, and we're going to have a time next week. We've already I'll got something big planned for I'll next week, but yeah. the show would be even bigger um, with, I, with that segment. I'll do the order. I'll make I'll be, I'll have like a hammer, like a judge. All like, right. Make the Gotta ruling. give me a time limit hammer or else down. it'll get out of hand. I think we just do a minute. I think we just do right, a minute. I'm in. Radio, Good. we can't. We can't waste air. <laughs> True. I do that a lot already. We talked about the bachelor for four minutes and then three oh, yeah. minutes in the break. That was a waste of air. Um, oh, yeah. 100%. But hey, so, I'm winning a pool. Oh, okay. Um, so let's get, let's get into the power rankings here, Wardy. Um, before we hit the rant, um, number five, I think we're both in agreement in this one and bias may play a factor. So be it. Um, Watch the team play. Yeah, Brantford Bulldogs, physically in the league, they are fifth um, points-wise. They have points in their last six. Their streak currently is 5-0-0-1. Power play has shot up. It was around 9-11%. to It's now up to 17. Uh, So that part of their game's gotten better. They're over um, in goal differential. They're plus two now, which... They had been minus, well, the entire season, really. Um, And they've put themselves not only to have two regulation losses less than the next closest team, being the Sudbury Wolves at 14, um, you know, and the Bulldogs with 12 regulation losses, Spirit with 12 regulation losses, Sue with 12 regulation losses, leader in that category being the Knights, but... Real, I looked at it yesterday. Bulldogs have only lost five games in regulation yeah. since November. I believe it was November 5th when they lost 6-2 to Oshawa for yep. that seventh regulation loss. And it's only happened five times since. And for Take me, the first and month I think, of the season. Yeah, and I think those are the – that's what you would say as well, Wardy, the reason why they're fifth. But for me, that's that's why they're number five in the rankings. Man, in my opinion, and honestly, like, yeah, we're around the team all the time. We're with the team, but – Watch the team play. Like if you take the without first... Lardis, Thomas, and Brown right yeah, now as exactly. well for anyone out there. Not yeah, they're four and zero without those guys. They haven't lost a game without those guys. They're actually playing better, in my opinion. Um, when I uh, take this first month out of the season, we heard from Matt Turk all the time. We talked to Matt Turk every single game, basically, and Jay McKee every game for sure. And we talked to the staff. And it's like you know what? We got to trust the process. We're laying down the process here. And you take the first month out of the season, you take October out of the season, this team's at least eight points up for first place right now in the Eastern Conference. Easily. I think they're at least eight points better. At least. Four wins. At least. And Damn. I look at the way they played. They had a mat. They should have beat Kitchener twice this year, obviously, but they actually should have beat one-on-one. Sh- they should have beat like- Sue in Sue. Yeah. They should have beat London. Yeah. Should have beat Guelph. When they yeah, up was four it, nothing. Blew four or five nothing lead. Yeah, yeah they should have won nothing. that. Yeah. You take those games back, and those were all in the first little bit. Obviously, the Kitchener games weren't, but the other games, first weekend of the season against Sue, um, third weekend of the year, third week of the year against London, fourth week of the year against Guelph. When you look at those games, if th- those games, if they had those games and the way they're playing the good teams, yeah, why not eight points better? That's four wins. Yeah. That's four wins. So I look at the way they've played, and they're my five team as well. And well coached, we're around the team, and I I know I keep saying that, but we see things. Like, 
You know, like we're there. So that's the one thing too. But I I have them five, and uh, they're playing really good hockey right now. Yeah. Uh, number four for me here, um, the Kitchener Rangers. They go from one to four this this week for me, and and you know, and it it you can justify losing a couple of games to the Knights the way the Knights have been playing. Um, but you, know, you give up ten in one of them. Uh, you know, kind of can't do that. Um, and that, that's, you know, other than being swept by the Knights, um, but that's, that's one of the main reasons why they, they push down to four, um, for me, I just, I think the level of success that they experienced early, and I mean, they have 62 yeah. points they're second in points in the, in the league. Um, I'm not panicking here. And if I'm the Rangers, I'm not panicking either. Um, but at the same time, you look at the other three teams around them, Kitchener hasn't been playing remotely close to the other three. Um, yeah. in my opinion, you know, six and four is, is good in the last 10, but it's not great. Like the Knights or the spirit right now. So, um, that's one of the big factors that, that has them down in that number four spot, 30 wins. Yeah. Second team to get there, but, um, or yep. I guess technically first team, cause the Knights won two to get to 31. So, uh, they, they number they're number four. And like I said, a few minutes ago, they got to have a big weekend here um, to, to actually not be in fourth in the Western Conference. I agree with you on Kitchener as well. I have Kitchener four. Um, let's be honest here. I had them two before. I had them two the week before. You lose two games like that to your arch rivals, you're going to drop. Um, but like you said, the opportunity is there, though, for this week. The um, You have a great opportunity here to get wins and i know we talked about the losses but they would also have an opportunity to get a little bit of a cushion on these teams on sault st marie or on saginaw they have a little bit of a cushion to make they have a chance opportunity if they win those games so it's all about the back-to-back um tristan malbuff hasn't really played two bad games in a row this year so that's one thing you know mm-hmm. yeah that was a tough one on the weekend against london but you really think he's gonna give up uh more than five to ten goals the next game i don't think so no um Jackson Parsons as well, great goaltender. I think that this is a team that's right there still, and I think that the opportunities there, they have good goaltending, they have great defense. Brustevich going back to Michigan area to play, hometown, they all have family there. That's big, and I think that I think they get one. I think they get one out of the two this week. I think they get one out of the two, and then they're refreshed at home to play London for the game of the year in the OHL. But to be honest. I'm thinking there's a future there's a featured game next Tuesday evening, London Kitchener at this point. Yeah. For them for that game, I think we gotta bring one out for that. I think that's a game that has to be showcased. If this continues, if they're still a point apart, Reese, if they're within a win to passing each other, I think we gotta I think we gotta do it. Absolutely. That's a game that is well watched. That's a game that's gonna be great and uh for this league. And I think everyone has to be a part of that game if you're an OHL fan. Um, but for me, Kitchener. For a lot of work to be done this week. Um, but if they win two, hey, they could pass Sue and they could pass Saginaw. They play both these teams. Yep. So we're gonna get a we're gonna get a read how good they are, right? You play London twice, then you play Sue and Saginaw, then you play London again. No better place you'd rather be. Yeah. What's better than that? You know, there's nothing better than that. You get to see where you are. So now we're gonna see. And I can't wait. Yeah. Uh number three for me gonna be the Saginaw Spirit. Um very close to cracking 
Kraken top yeah. two. You know, they all year eh? after the start they've they had, they they, have it. you know, they're right there, right on the cusp of of getting oh, the yeah. num- into the top three and even leading the division as well, just being two points behind Sue. So uh they've been playing well, winners of four in a row, eight and two in their last ten. Um, Saginaw Spirit number three and and looking to rise uh for me in the power rankings. Same here, Saginaw as well. I mean, hey, if Saginaw's had the most three seeds for me on my power <laughs> rankings. Yeah. I swear it's been 10 weeks in a row now. I swear it's been 10 weeks in a row. They've been three. Um, Kitchener and Sue have just been so good. But to leave London out of the one spot is just. Yeah, yeah. I agree. They won 14 games in a row. That's all. That's the best team in the Ontario Hockey. There's no argument there. Yeah. And that's why Saginaw gets jumped. And don't move because they've earned it to stay at the three spot and they're closer to the two spot than going down to the four spot. They beat Kitchener, they'll be up in the two spot next week, 100%. And if London, honestly, they could go to the one spot if London lose as a tough weekend. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, so that leaves two and one. Um, we're in agreement this week, Warrior. Look at us. Yeah. One, two, uh, three, four, five. Two and one. Sue being two, London being one. Um, Sue winners of three in a row, six and four in their last 10 power play penalty kill continues to be great. Uh, London Knights, same with that. They've won 14 in a row. They have passed the Kitchener Rangers and goals scored, which putting up a 10 spot helps. Um, and doing it twice in the last three games definitely helps. So, um, yeah, I mean, Sue Greyhounds, they continue to play consistently well, um, looking for win number 30 this upcoming week weekend. Um, and it should be exciting for them. And I mean, yeah, the Knights they're they're one. I yep. No, no argument there. So um all right, Wardy, let you gotta put a minute on the clock here, or else my mine'll get out of hand. All right. Um you you gotta get a minute and get that like alarm going when it when it comes off. Give me a minute, or else it'll get way out of hand. Okay. I'm gonna do the timer I do. All right. I'm in a rush. So be All on right. your toes. Ready? 10, yeah, I'm in. 6, 2, 1. That was hilarious. But um, that's my time when I'm in a rush. So, so this has nothing to do with hockey whatsoever. It's just a message to get out there. Um, for all you people, um, anywhere really. I don't care if it's Ontario, you're listening out west, out east. Um, I do you as somebody that works for an insurance company, does anybody read the document you sign when you sign up for auto insurance? Like, I swear, like, I'm not going to tell you who I work for, because if you call in um, and get me, it might be hilarious, because um, I don't take myself seriously. I don't take my job seriously whatsoever. If I did, um, wow, I'd be a real boring stick in the mud here. Um but um, like, read your damn insurance policies, guys. Like, <laughs> it's it's a written contract that you've signed with us, with the government of Ontario. Um, and if you didn't read it before you signed it, you're an idiot. Um, that That's the best way to put it. Like, figure it out. A, learn how to drive so you never have to call us. But at the same time, right. read your damn insurance policy. It's so bad. I don't even yeah, the timer. Anymore, Morty. No, but like, come on, guys. Like, come on. The only the only thing I can say is to all the drivers out there is thank you because of your high insurance rates, you're paying my salary. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Keep not caring about the way you drive or 
start caring. Keep your you. stick on the ice, tires on the roads. Yeah, pretty much. All right. That's, All that's going to do it. <laughs> oh, my God. One sec, I might drop. And I was ready to end the show, and then you do that. Keep but your we'll stick on the out ice to and uh, minutes tires even. on the road. Everybody, thanks so much for tuning in. We appreciate it, as always. Enjoy the upcoming week, and we will chat again in seven days. Thank <laughs> you.